Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, that's Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. That's your home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. Is it my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, GoBros. Welcome to the GoBro room. Today I got Mr. Nick Romano. Nick, what is up, bro? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Hey, let's start this off right, dude. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we just talk about Nick from like? Give me a four-minute story of the day you were born until today. You know? Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. I guess I'll start. 1989. <laughs> I was born, so 30 years young. One of the younger guys in the tribe, which is awesome because so much to to look up to and what everyone's accomplished. But yeah, I was born and uh, born and raised in Boston, Mass. I got two sisters, um, one older and one younger. And I grew up in a, a pretty big neighborhood with tons of friends and you know having a blast. And then uh, in 1999 area, 1999-2000 time frame, uh, my father sold his company to a dot-com company during the you know the big tech boom. And uh, then we moved out of, you know, my big neighborhood with all of my friends, moved into another part of town with a bigger house. And so it was a pretty interesting from interesting move for me. After the move, I was, you know, going into high school shortly after. And I uh, got pulled out of private school and went into private school. Or so I got pulled out of public school, went into private school. And uh, just kind of had a, a little bit of a struggle fitting in. So... It was an interesting four years, you know, trouble, trouble fitting in, trouble making new friends, lost my Boston accent, which was <laughs> kind of funny, and I was just, you know, an interesting time. Then in 2007, went into college in Vermont, I went to St. Michael's College in Burlington, and went into that with a, you know, nice open mind, and had the time of my life, made a ton of friends, a ton of long-lasting friends, and just loved it, loved it, loved it. Was the president of the investment club, loved finance wrestled in all through college and uh, partied, you know, the normal normal college things, had a blast, and uh, also met my now wife, which was probably one of the biggest pluses of college. After college, moved to Boston and uh, worked for a company called John Hancock. Uh, it's like the corporate financial company. I was obsessed with finance and 
making $35,000 a year, <laughs> spending pretty much all my money just living in the city, you know, in nice parts of the city and going out to dinner and going out to the bars, living the, the yuppie lifestyle, which was, you know, it worked, but spending everything that we made just surviving. And then kind of a you know, longer story short, in 2012, I realized that John Hancock was really holding me back more than paving a way for my future. You know, at least not as, as fast as I wanted it to happen. So I spoke with my father, and you know, he had had a, a new new business at that time, and he agreed to let me buy 10% of that business and come in as a, a partner with him doing wholesale consumer electronics. And uh, so I bought 10% of his business for, I think it was about $100,000 at that time, and then things started going pretty well. And two years later, I ended up buying another 5% of that business actually for double the valuation. So I paid a hundred grand for 10%. And then two years later, I paid 120 grand for 5%. So, you know, helping grow that business and, and it was moving along really well. And then about in 2016 timeframe, we moved out of the city of Boston and moved about seven miles south into a town called Quincy, Mass. Lived there for about two years or so. We had our baby girl, Sophia Rose. And then at the end of 2019, we moved into our dream home, which is about 20 miles south of the city. So a little bit further away, we've kind of been, you know, getting those stepping stones further and further away from the city as life happens. But uh, now we're in our dream home, and 2020 has been a pretty crazy year. So New Year's Eve, we found out we're having twins, which was a life shocker for sure. And then uh, just... This morning, you know, we've been working on this for a while, obviously, but this morning uh, we got a purchase agreement to buy our existing business, this business that we have here. So, yeah, it's been a uh, crazy 2020 starting out, so it's going to be a... It's going to be a ride for sure. So, so your your business, is that is that the same one that you, with your dad, that one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's the wholesale electronics business. Yeah, so yeah. Were, you, were you looking to sell it? Yeah, I think it's been loosely for sale for the last couple of years. Some people have offered but haven't been able to come up with the cash. And then there's this new company that's doing some some really, really cool things within our space. And, you know, so some new B2B technology. It's essentially an anonymous B2B online platform, which isn't really out there right now in the electronic space. And, you know, they've been growing at insane rates. Uh, you know, their first year, I think they did close to $200 million and they're planning to be a billion-dollar company within the next five years, you know, including our roll-ups. But. So do, are you staying on, or is there a, you know, how's that going to work? Yeah, so there is an earn-out. There's a two-year earn-out, which we should hit no problem. Essentially, it's flat EBITDA for the next two years, which we've done, you know, at least this EBITDA within the last six years. It's very attainable, especially at the rate things are going now. So the earnout is definitely in our favor. Honestly, the grand plan here is they're acquiring us, and then they're planning to sell to to this whoever another third party company. Uh, they're in talks with you know three major majors. Hopefully within the next 24 months. Hopefully within the next 12 months. But so the way the deal is structured, it's cash. Or it's a convertible note, rather. So the convertible note would be given, you know, given to us upon sale. And then, if 
they sell their company within the next 24 months, the convertible note gets converted to equity, and we would have equity in the sale of their company. Got Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it doesn't doesn't happen, then it's just cash. <laughs> if it doesn't happen, then the note converts, and then they pay the yeah. convertible note. And if they can't pay the convertible note, then we get the company back, and yeah, 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 should be on it. Yeah, that's cool, man. Well, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Twins, huh? You got any twins in the family <laughs> already? They say it's like hereditary. Uh, I know. I've I've been hearing that nonstop, but it didn't even cross my mind that twins were in the realm of possibilities, but looking back on it now, my wife has, my wife's grandmother had twins, so she has an aunt and an uncle that are twins, fraternal, so I guess, you know, it makes a little bit more sense now, but this wasn't even on our radar, so. Right, right, that's funny, that's funny. Cool, man, I've known several people who have twins, so, you know, it's, it it becomes no biggie, you know, I guess uh, once, once you have them, it's like, you know, it is what it is, right? You know, so cool, man. Well, yeah, listen, go ahead. Yeah. Now, just say you get a whole, you get a whole range of you know reactions. Some people are like, "Oh man, you are screwed," and then some people are like, "Oh man, that is the best news. You're so blessed." Yeah. And uh, so we're listening to all the people that are saying we're so blessed, and right. we really are. Just just because I mean, one because twins, it's going to be a blast, and you know, we're only thirty years old, the two of us, and. Yeah, so we'll be done early, provided that this is our last pregnancy. But also, uh, you know, we're we're fortunate enough to have the be in the position that we're in. We just bought our dream house. The timing is perfect. We can buy a new car. We can finish the basement. We, you know, we can we can do these things. And whereas, you know, a lot of people aren't as fortunate. So we're lucky yeah, in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool stuff, cool stuff. Well, let's get to some one sheet items, Nick. So, what percentage are you? So it's a funky question, and I know that it's a it's a common thing because you know for me I have a W two number right, and then I also have because our business is profitable, you know we have distributions from the company now and again too. So I could run that, I could run that really two ways, and the way that I'm gonna run it for you is I'm just gonna use passive passive, so I'm not gonna include the number of my distributions from my company, although I do get a W-2, which is vertical. I'm just going to consider vertical uh, W-2 income and distributions passive, just for the sake of conversation. I can run it both ways. You let me know, but it's a pretty simple calculation. So my horizontal income was $38,000 last year, and that is going to be growing exponentially. (laughs) I have... Uh, within the past, you know, probably two and a half years, I've I have probably close to like 700k in all like syndications and hard money loans and all these things that are, you know, within the next two years will start to come due. So yeah, uh, right. last so, year uh, was was 38k. If I, if I was to include, sure, if I was to include the hor- the horizontal income from, you know, from my business and what I take for distributions, it would be 338. Got it. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, I think most people take, you know, in in a situation like yours, they take they take if you're making commissions and you're make or and or making a salary, that's certainly vertical income. Distributions are certainly horizontal, but at the same time, you're going to sell, you know, and once you sell, then you're going to lose all that. But that's irrelevant, I guess. So, you know, because it is we're talking about today. So, 
still 338 that's good and what what do you what what are your monthly bills as far as like uh your family bills like just costs cost of living so we have a pretty good structure uh my wife is a cpa right. so that makes it easy for me so we track every month down to the penny what we spend um you know i know some guys awesome. do I talked to someone the other weekend, and they were like, oh, yeah, I track anything over $1,000. And I was like, really? I track everything down to the penny. And they thought that was the most absurd thing. Uh, you know, these guys are making a lot of money, and he said that it just takes too long and blah, blah, blah. But for me, it's, it's a little bit easier. So our average uh, monthly bill is about $10,800. So it's yeah, that's that's, pretty that's good, split yeah. over the earth. And that's pretty, pretty low, good, yeah. you know? So, yeah, that's awesome. That's very good. All right, cool. All right, let's let's uh, shift gears here. Let's talk a little bit about health. How much do you weigh? So, I've I've gained a couple pounds in the last two and a half months, I think. But right now, I'm still within the range that I I want to be. I think right now I'm one sixty four. So, all right. And what's your body fat? Do you know? I do know. So it's actually nice because being on this call, I was like, man, I need to go check my body fat and. I was looking for a way to do it. I know some of the GoBros I was talking to in Aspen did this thing called a DEXA scan, which is really cool. I was going to do it. And then I walked in the gym the other day, and I saw they had this new scan that gives you, you know, all these different measurements and, and, you know, so much content. And it was much cheaper than the DEXA scan. So I did it. And my guess for my body fat was that, I mean, I'm, I'm like, pretty skinny. I mean, I've put on, like I said, five pounds in the last you know, two and a half months or so. But, like, I'm pretty skinny. I have a six-pack. I'm, like, in shape. My body fat was at 19.1% as it read on the, as it read on the, whatever, this Drexel scan or whatever it was called. That got me motivated, <laughs> for sure, to kind of cut some of that fat and, you know, lose some of that. I, I'm curious what it'll be when I go back in, you know, say six months or so. But, yeah, my body fat is about 19%, so still in the, you know, fit category, but not as low as I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it closer to, you know, 12% or so. Yeah, awesome, cool. All right, and so tell me about your habits. Like, uh, how do you work out? So I have, you know, my routine is, is a standard weightlifting. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at least, you know, what it's been for the past couple of years, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm in the gym just lifting weights, um, you know, running on the treadmill a little bit, lifting weights, just back and by his chest and tries kind of workout stuff, a little bit of legs. Tuesday, Thursday, uh, I'm a big jujitsu guy, so I wrestled, you know, a little bit in high school, all, and then I've been doing jujitsu pretty much since college, straight out. So Tuesday, Thursday are my jujitsu days, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the exercise routine. All right, and then what about diet? So diet, you know, I went through, at some point I did, you know, I, I try to stay low-carb, low-sugar, you know, relatively, although in the past, you know, maybe five months or so, it's been a, a little bit less. I have, you know, breakfast, breakfast with my daughter every morning around 7 o'clock, and I always just get up and make breakfast, and, and then we all eat as a family. Lunchtime is... A little variable, I go to Panera a lot, uh, just because it's relatively local here, but, you know, I, I eat pretty healthy there. And then dinner with my family, we all have dinner, you know, the three of us, my wife and my daughter, uh, around 6 o'clock every night. And I think that that's probably the healthiest thing that I do is we eat at 6 o'clock and we don't eat after that until the next morning we'll just have a healthy breakfast. So, you know, my daughter, 
being born two years ago. Uh, she'll actually be two tomorrow. But my daughter being being born kind of, we like will only buy grass-fed, organic, really, you know, really good food, uh, and we'll spend money to get that. So we definitely eat clean uh, in a sense, you know, a lot of organic and grass-fed and things like that. But you know, I don't have a strict strict diet. I'm pretty much open to anything. You know, I'll have beers when we go out with friends and things like that. But that's, uh, I do, I'm conscious of the carbs and sugar. Yeah, fascinating. Fascinating. And you're kind of yeah. fasting in a sense for about 12 hours, 12 hours every day. So that's half the, half yeah. your, yeah. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, so let's talk about giving back. How do you give back? Yeah, so I have, uh, you know, a while ago, well, I started a nonprofit. Uh, it's called the Children's Business Fair, and that is my sole way of giving back other than friends that are running a marathon, you know, you get the pop-ups all the time and I'll always throw a friend, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, depending on what they're doing and who, you know, who they are, all that jazz. I'm, I'm always open to supporting everything in that sense. But I had a, a little bit of a tainted view of charity in that, you know, you give a dollar to the Red Cross and at the end of the day, 25 cents goes to the guy who needs the blood. And I've, I, I kind of took that mentality and I just, it was getting to me a lot. So I decided to start a nonprofit and it's for young entrepreneurs, uh, ages six to 14. It's called the Children's Business Fair. They basically, kids will apply to the fair and then they work on their business or, or their service throughout the year. And then we have a one day marketplace where the kids will come and they sell their product or their service. And it's like, a, you know, it's a big deal for them. So I basically finance all of that myself lately. I've been doing that for three years, and lately we're starting to get we're starting to get a couple more sponsors. Uh, Staples actually just reached out to us, and they want to sponsor, and a lot of the local businesses around here want to sponsor, and things like that. So, you know, we have about forty five businesses every year, and it's been it's been going pretty strong. So that's that's pretty much my my sole way of of giving back. Honestly, most of it uh, so, comes so down to minute. time. So let me let me let me slow this down. So let's say I'm a kid, right? And what what did you say? Six mm-hmm. to ten? How old? Six to fourteen is the average age. Six six to fourteen. So let's say I'm ten years old. I I create a product in my garage and then I go out and, and sell it at this fair. Is that how yeah, it works? Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a it's like an extreme lemonade stand. So the concept was is from uh, Acton Academy in Texas. And yeah. it actually all sprung up from the first event, uh, Go Abundance event that I attended was the summer event of 2017, maybe. Yeah. Um, where Jeff Sandifer came in, he showed us the school and what he was doing with Acton Academy and the business fair. And I reached out to him right after, and I was like, "This is the most incredible thing I've ever seen." I mean, he's he's leaps and bounds. I mean, it is unbelievable what he's doing with children. So he actually. Uh, He's like, yeah, why don't you start a school? And I was like, man, I'm starting a family. I have a couple of businesses that I'm running. I'm doing all this stuff. I, I just don't think that I'll be able to start the school. But I'd love to take on the, the children's business fair aspect of 
Acton Academy and bring it to Massachusetts. That's kind of where it stemmed out of. And then actually just this year, uh, in 2020, we're funding the first actual Acton Academy to come to Massachusetts. I'm not too involved with it other than just kind of like, you know, very high view things in, in funding it, uh, or at least partial of it. But, you know, we, we are bringing Acton to Massachusetts. So That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. That's exciting stuff. I'll have to pay attention when you do it next and uh, take a look at the photos and stuff because that sounds amazing. And and make sure you get on Abundance Give Back. Do you know about that, the, the monthly thing that Tim Rowe does? I do, yeah. I do know about it. I did apply a while ago, and I was talking to Tim and Aspen about it a little bit too. I'm gonna, I just need to apply to that again, uh, and hopefully yeah. we'll get uh, some GoBundance money into it too. And this year, I mean, so the past past two years we've had about you know like i said about 40 businesses 45 businesses with about 1600 people in foot traffic this year we teamed up with a a local fair more on the south shore and whatever needless to say so our uh, our foot traffic this year is going to be closer to like 25 30,000 people which is awesome 20 what 25 30,000 people are going to come to this because we're, you know, they're going to be at the fair, and we're going to have like this big segment at the fair. We just got oh. approved by the town to to have like this big segment. So the foot traffic is going to be, oh. you know, just it, exponentially like a, higher than it has. It's like a county fair or something, and then you have like a a section or a tent. Yeah, exactly. That's that's incredible. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, good stuff, man. Good stuff. What about your life happiness index? Where are you at there? So my life happiness index is at an 8.76. Woo, good. That's nice and high. What? Uh, what it's pretty what, good, uh, yeah. What would you say the lowest is? Uh, so the lowest, the lowest right now is honestly probably the, it's probably like a family aspect of it, uh, a romance, I guess, because, you know, it breaks it down by exactly what it is. So yeah, if I was yeah, the yeah. one thing that exactly what it is, it's going to be romance, you know, which is crazy because pre-kids, like this was max 10, every category with relationship with life, like everything was like a max 10, but now it actually dropped down to lowest just because, you know, we have our two-year-old and we have twins on the way. I'm in a pregnant life with twins and, uh, you know, the, it's just been, it's been a completely different dynamic and, we now yeah. need to be, you know, whether whether it's making us stronger, I don't know. You know, we just we're we're trying to be more like intentional about our marriage now. But it's just it has to be a conscious thought, whereas before it was just very organic. You know, yeah, kids change I, I, things. Yeah. Young kids. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't mean to generalize, but at least at least for me and for a lot of guys I know that that's typical and it and uh, it's not going to end anytime soon you know there's going to be a there's a period of time until the kids are able to do shit on their own and have friends and and have sleepovers and you know what i mean and their grandparents that uh, aren't like overwhelmed with anxiety by taking on three kids you know so you could do stuff on your own so you know, I mean, the best thing you can do is, is just, you know, just keep moving forward. It's temporary for sure. You know, life is long. Before you know it, you'll be through that phase. But it is a phase. It is. I got a buddy of mine, my trainer actually right now. He's, what is he, 30-something, and he's got three kids under five. And, uh, 
you know, I've been giving him the same advice, and he's like, yep, you're right. You know, you just stay focused. Just keep moving on, and it'll come back. Yeah, All right. that's, uh, that's true. Honestly, so, you know, feedback like that, and uh, especially just being a part of, you know, some of the groups that I'm in, especially Grow Abundance, has been super helpful with, you know, dealing with some of that stuff and getting the help and, and you know, like I said, I'm I'm 30. A lot of the guys have, have been through it before and can give me that sort of advice and, you know, listening to even just, you know, some of these things that will stick with you from some of the events or some of the things that the guy say is, you know, like I'll never forget Hal Elrod when he's, he said that his intention was to give 100% and expect 0% in return. And if you take a mentality like that, I mean, you know, you're... you're <laughs> yeah, that's You it. can't go wrong. I mean, the best thing you could do is, is uh, at this at this juncture, has nothing to do with like, you know, buying her gifts or doing stuff with her. It's really doing stuff for her, like taking the two-year-old out, uh, you know, out of her hair or, or grab it as soon as you are done working, grabbing the babies and, you know, just like just just being there in the here and now, getting rid of your phone will be huge if you could get rid of your phone as much as possible when you're done working so you can just like grab the kids or, or be with the kids and, and give her peace and quiet help help around the house wash the dishes make the bed you know simple stuff like that that's just you just be very aggressive about all that best thing you can do is just help help just be a part of it you know what i mean be part of the family so you are you are part of it so you know and you're an adult three out of five are kids so <laughs> so they can't do what you can do you know so yeah for sure all right cool man so let's talk about some greatest hits like you know you're 30 years old what would you say your five greatest hits are in life so far five greatest hits all right first one's cliche but it it is unique so the first one was like was our engagement our engagement was perfect we were just it was just a beautiful, beautiful night, and everything worked perfectly. We had wine and cheese on the beach, and we poached. Uh, we were on Nantucket Island, and we poached this private beach. We just rode our bikes up, and, you know, my wife hates riding her bike, so or hates riding bikes, so we were riding up, and she's like, man, when are we going to be there? When are we going to be there? But she was a champ about it, and then we finally got there, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is the perfect location, and we went down, and we had this entire beach to ourselves, and... You know, and then the sun started setting, and I was like, man, I got to do it, I got to do it. And I don't know if it was like a super moon or, or what was going on that night, but the sun was just absolutely massive and going right over the water. It was like, you know, one of those uh, West Coast sunsets, but we were on Nantucket, so we got it, and it was just so, so beautiful. So, and then, so after the engagement, that was all good, and then we went up and we're riding up, riding our bikes back to go to dinner. And then on the other side, there was, the moon was just so, so huge. So as we came up and over the hill, it was just this massive, massive moon. You know, it was just like kind of riding into the moon and riding back. It was just such a beautiful night. And then we went out and everyone bought us a bunch of shots and <laughs> we, that we didn't know and just had, had the time of our lives that night and went back. I mean, that was, that was definitely a, a greatest hit right there. Another greatest hit. Uh, so Go Abundance, my first Go Abundance experience was would have to be up there in the greatest hits. I think it was 2016 or 2017. It was the first summer retreat in Austin, and uh, Mike McCarthy invited me to tag along for that. I wasn't officially a member yet, but 
I tagged along to that and thought I was going there to develop my business. And while maybe I learned a thing or two about business, it just like, I mean, put it this way. At that time, I didn't know. I mean, I, I liked real estate, but I had never heard the term horizontal income. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad on our honeymoon on the beach, but felt like that was a, a turning point in my life, but I had never seen anything like this. I mean, I was introduced to so many syndicators and so many guys that were focused on passive income and that I could invest in, and it was just such a turning point in my life for you know the passive income and you know, thinking like a whole life millionaire, not just thinking about my business. That was definitely a, a huge greatest hit is, was attending that event and changed my mindset in one, in like one fellow swoop. I mean, all the conferences that I attend to, all this stuff now is, is awesome. But I mean, that first one was like, I mean, <laughs> it was insane. It's like the, you know, the first time it's kind of like going from zero to, to a hundred. That first one was just so incredible. Another one would probably be uh, after college, my wife and I took, we took a road trip around the U.S. So we started in Vermont up at school, and then we came down to Massachusetts, and we went over, uh, we took the north route out, so we went, you know, Cleveland, Ohio, North Dakota, and, and kind of out that entire way, and we up to Oregon, and then we came down to California, Redwood Forest, and then we went over to Vegas, and to Texas and, you know, down that entire southern route and hit Louisiana and then over to the east coast and came up the entire east coast shore and we stopped. It was about a three-week trip and we camped the whole way because we didn't have any money, which was pretty fun. Yeah, that was that was such an incredible experience. We both, we both ended up in the emergency room at one point during the trip. She... You know, we were coming right after, right off of college, so they had, I don't even know what they call it, but, you know, senior week or college week or whatever it is, your last week of college where everyone just parties as hard as you possibly can because you're going off to the real world. And so she ended up getting, I don't know if it was, like, pneumonia or, or what it was, that, that she, maybe, like, some sort of sickness. And she was super sick to the point where we had to just pull over and go to one of the emergency rooms in, it was close to Chicago, right outside of Chicago. I think Alberta was maybe, I don't remember, but it was somewhere close to Chicago. And then um, by the time we kind of came around, by the time we got to Vegas, I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I had what you had. So yeah. I was taking her medication and trying to figure it out. And then we went to the Grand Canyon and we hiked all the way down. And I was like, oh God, I don't know if I'm going to get back up here. I'm like dying. <laughs> and then uh, I had to go to the hospital after that at Flagstaff, Arizona. And they just, you know, pumped us full of IVs and like, hey, you, you probably shouldn't be traveling more than, whatever, 30 minutes from the hospital of, in Flagstaff, Arizona. And I was like, well, we're supposed to be in Texas tonight. <laughs> so they were like, oh, God, we got to, you know, so they gave us IVs and whatever. But that was, uh, that was just such an incredible experience, that, that road trip with my wife. Another would be, I think it was 20, 2018. I won the uh, Jiu-Jitsu New England Championships in the expert division, right. uh, nice. which was, yeah, so, so cool. I was blown away that it happened. You know, I, I was actually performing up, so there's, you know, novice, beginner, intermediate, and expert, and I was what I thought to be intermediate level. But I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go for the expert, and I just want to, I felt like I had to prove to my trainer that I wanted to be promoted, honestly. So I was like, I'm just going to compete with the expert and see what happens. And then four fights later, ended up winning. I got actually got a big-ass belt that I have right in my, 
right over here in my office, which is pretty sweet. Did, did you, was it like a one-day thing or a multi-day thing or what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a one-day thing. And did you go so in that morning? They basically just have this big bracket. Did you go in that morning going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win this thing? Or, or, like, what was your attitude? That's a good question. What was my attitude? Uh, I mean, I, mean, I certainly didn't shocked? think I was going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly didn't think I, I didn't think I was going to lose, but I, I mean, I knew that I was competing at a level that was probably that I, I thought to be above where I was at. And then I, you know, the, I saw the first kid I was going to fight and my trainer came over and he said, Hey, who, who's your match against? And, you know, at that level, a lot of the kids are known around, you know, like they've just been around for a while and people know them, whatever. So I go up to my trainer and I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, my first fight, he's like, who are you fighting? He says, I was like, I'm fighting this kid right here. And he just kind of looked at me and he goes, Oh, you know, as in like, you're, you're totally screwed. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. And he, so my trainer was kind of like, Oh, and I could just see it in his eyes. He's like, Oh God, you're, this is, that's trouble. This is your first fight. And they just gave me advice, you know, because he knew the, the fighter, and he's like, don't let him touch your legs, was his advice. Yeah, so ended up winning that one uh, by submission, which was great. And then I think the next one by submission, and then two by points. So. Wow. Yeah, but that was that was such yeah, a, great a great experience. Great, I great day. I couldn't huh? believe it. Yeah, great day. Last hit, number five, um, and I already kind of touched on it too, was kind of another one of those turning points, but reading that Rich Dad Poor Dad book on our honeymoon when I had nothing else going on. I mean, wasn't thinking about work really. And, you know, we were on the beach on our honeymoon. The wedding was done. We were, we had, you know, done it all and just kind of relaxing and reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I was like, oh my God, I, I want this. <laughs> <laughs> and since, since, since then I've been on a quest to get it. I feel like I'm getting close. I've had, you know, I've had a, a couple like milestones that are on my vision board right here and you know 20 went by the time I was 25 I wanted 1 million by the time I was 30 I wanted 5 million net worth here and then by the time I'm 35 I wanted to be just completely financially free and it's funny how you write things down and they just happen Crazy. you know the, the 1 million at 25 I was so happy to get in this you know by the time I'm third 30 I want 5 million which was a high goal and I almost wrote it off you know until now I think so my net worth is it's about 3.1 million or so, but that's with a you know that's with a very small valuation. That's basically just with returned earnings. That's with no multiple on my business. But where we might be selling this year, I turn 31 April 3rd, and the sale should close before that. That'll bump me up to the the five million net worth. Actually, could be could be double that, uh, pending what this new company sells at, but. That'll uh, you know bump me above that five million, which is awesome. Yeah. And then you know the the thirty five financially free. I'm in, I think ten. I don't know ten different streams of income. So, you know, as I said, you know, it's only say even when the you know we sell our business and the passive income, the distributions go away. You know, we have I have close to you know seven hundred k in syndications and investments and things like that. So hopefully that'll bring in around you know say say ten percent or so would be about 70, 65, 70 grand a year and a couple of real, little real estate deals around here that I'm invested in, like a four family and things like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I've had the same experience in my life in that, you know, I've set goals and I might not have necessarily made the goal 
that exact year. But the key is, I never took them off of the bo- I've never took them off the goal board or never took them off the goal sheet. And they came, they manifested, and and it's uh, it's such a testament to, you know, it, just because you set a goal and you don't make it doesn't mean it's over. You don't mean you erase it. You know what I mean? You keep going, and you know either one or two things is going to happen. You're either going to make it, or you're going to quit. You know, and if you don't quit, you'll make it if you think about it constantly. It just it's impossible for you not to. If you're looking at that damn thing every day and thinking about it every day, it just really, the universe is just phenomenal when it comes. Yeah, man, I, I am a huge goal setter. I know some guys that are successful that that haven't set a, set a goal in their life, and that's just you know not something they do. At least they don't write it down. For me, every year I'll write down I'll write down goals. I mean, multiple multiple goals. GoBundance has been super helpful with that, and you know a lot of books have been helpful with that. But goal setting is huge and when I write stuff down and when I have a vision of, of what I want to do, it, it usually comes true. So, yeah, absolutely. Very good. Very, that, that is so cool. Okay. What about uh, future greatest hits? What do you want those to be? So future greatest hits. I touched on some of them just cause you know, the content of the call, but um, you know, the sale of the sale of this company has been a, on my radar, at least this negotiation we've been in talks about, you know, so the sale of our company and then, and then the sale of this company that's buying us too. Um, and it's funny. So in Aspen, uh, you know, Cody was like, now's the perfect time to sell your company. And what you want to do is sell it to someone who's going to roll it up and then sell their company. And I was like, wow, this is exactly what's going on. This is perfect. Yeah, that was an <laughs> so, interesting conversation, that one. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so pending how, you know, whatever, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but, you know, personally, I was like, wow, that, that's, it's just good to hear at a time when we are uh, taking chips off the table and, and we're, you know, basically following that. So the sale of the company is, is definitely a greatest hit and hopefully is in the near future. The twins being born, they're due in late August, so I probably will not make the summer retreat if I still want to be married. <laughs> yeah, smart um, man. Yeah, so I'm super excited about that. I, I don't know if that is going to be an adventure for sure. This year, or sorry, 2019, uh, April of 2019, I was named the president of our company here, um, you know, this company that, that we have, the Wholesale Electronics Company. And it took me, so say that was in April, it took me until probably close to like five or six months, I would say, to realize that the way that I run this company is not the way that my father ran the company. Um, I'm very systems oriented. I'm very goals oriented. I want to measure things. I have KPIs. I have all of this new technology that I'm trying to bring into the company, which has proven to be working really well. But from a management standpoint, we just have, have different styles. And, uh, you know, being the, the president of this company, not only, not only being the president, but being the president as I see the presidency is, you know, something that I'm, really looking forward to. So, you know, the sale of the company and then uh, being the president of the company. Another future hit, the Children's Business Fair is, you know, my nonprofit. I've been pretty passionate about that, and we've been scaling pretty good. And I see it scaling. You know, we've been, I've been kind of building it to be able to scale. So, you know, we're harvesting all the email addresses. We're keeping all the content. We have our uh, Facebook followers. We have our you know, email blasts that go out every once in a while. We have, uh, it's basically been being built to scale. I've been kind of building it that way. And, you know, now I have like job descriptions and we're taking on a couple 
volunteer employees to help out and I'm just really looking forward to the children's business fair scaling up big time and really making a difference here on the South Shore. We rebranded when we first started we were the Quincy Children's Business Fair um, which is just one town on the South Shore and now we're the South Shore Children's Business Fair but I mean the possibilities there are endless so we'll see you know what the future has in store but I mean there's I don't know, there's a possibility that if I could donate even more of my time, we could make it a year-long curriculum with these kids and, and help them through their, you know, building their business and forecasting and developing big brands and products and who knows where that could go. So really excited about that children's business fair. And, and then just the passive income thing. I'm excited for that to take off. You know, like I was kind of talking about my investments earlier and they're relatively new and syndications will take, you know, a couple of years to actually start to, to gain steam. But once all that stuff really starts taking off, you know, my goal right now is $10,000 a month in passive income. And my future greatest hit is 100k a month in passive income. And the way that I look at that is extremely attainable. It's basically just $10 million invested at 10%. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty easy number to hit. Yeah. Rel- yeah relatively, absolutely. right? Right, yeah, no, makes a lot of sense. So, what, what? Um, tell me about the the seven hundred grand in in deals. Like, what, uh, what have you been buying? Uh, nothing lately. Uh, I'm I'm saving up a decent amount of cash cash just as of late. I mean, you know, part of it might be subliminal subliminally <laughs> the uh, economy just because it is high. I mean, I saw, you know just natural indications, but nothing, nothing really specific. I mean, you know, the yield curve inverting and, uh, I saw the stock market as the highest PE ratio it's ever had ever, uh, which means things are probably overvalued. You know, uh, commercial debt is a little bit scary. So other than like the things that I what feel like you, everyone knows. You, yeah, yeah. What did you invest in? Yeah. So other than all that stuff, uh, we're not investing in a ton of things. We have, you know, we just bought the new house and we're finishing the basement. We have the car and all that jazz. But the things that I have invested in, so I have six, six or seven, I guess, different syndication deals. Um, a lot of the multifamily stuff with, I try to invest with a lot of the different GoBro. So let me actually tell you this too. Every single deal besides two are with GoBro. So there's really? 10 different lines of, uh, yeah, 10 different lines of horizontal income and most of them, so six of the syndications, all with GoBros, two hard money loans, one with a GoBro. Um, then I have a four family, which was prompted to buy from the GoBros. But you know, I have I have a four family locally here around Boston, and it's a home run deal. It's a sweetheart deal. I, I run it myself. I don't do anything, and it it spits off a pretty good profit. And then I have a um, a CBD investment, which is actually a a really cool investment that could hopefully pan out. You know, I, I didn't go too deep into it just because I don't know CBD that much, but I uh, piggybacked on another GoBro of who did his due diligence for six months and runs family offices, and I trust him. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, fascinating. Well, yeah, I mean, I like the diversification. You know what I mean? I mean, some of it might not work, but others might. I like, you know, you, I like that you have some control in there, too, with the fourplex. You know that baby's under your control. It's always good to have shit that you can control and liquidate on your own, too. You know what I mean? Because you don't want too much out of your control. So I like that, too. And I like the fact that you're saving. And obviously, that's uh, that's in your control as well. So that's, uh, 
That's neat to hear, man. That's neat to hear. Well, listen, Nick, yeah. this has been awesome, buddy. I really uh, appreciate you coming on, being so candid and sharing so much. And uh, guys, I'm going to put all of Nick's contact information in the show notes. And, of course, you know, feel free to reach out to him on the Facebook group when this comes out. And, uh, Nick, I will be seeing you in the near future and or, and or watching you and watching the fair and watching your uh, twins come to life. So that will be exciting. Yeah, crazy, man. All right, Pat, thanks so much. I appreciate you having me on. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can.